ladies and germs. Ladies and gentlemen, guys, 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 guys. I know I say this every time. Hey guys, hello guys. Hey guys, no, I don't say hey guys, that's not me. What's up? It's your boy Samaj and you're listening to the Me I Am podcast. Season two, hashtag listening and learning. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, your friend, Mr. Quinn Lamar. This is a fun episode today here at the Me I Am podcast season two. We are listening and learning. Today's episode is actually going to be a little different. It is an homage episode. This is an homage to a season one guest, Annabelle Sisto, who is a great movie recapper. I, as you will see, am not maybe so great, but nonetheless, I've got an expert here to help me out, to help us push through, to help us land this plane instead of crash this plane. He is a host himself. Of not one but two amazing podcasts and not one but two social media pages. We have one of three hosts of the Novat podcast, one of two hosts of This Is Gonna Be Good, my friend, your friend, Mr. Quinn Lamar. Hi, Quinn. Hello. Thank you for inviting me on so we can discuss this. Um, what do we, what do we, I don't know what to call this. We'll call it um, this experience, Quinn. This is an experience. Okay, we'll we say an experience. Trauma I was going to say guys. film, but <laughs> Trauma I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah, <so>. thank you. Yes. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, yeah, so I uh, subject- subjected Quinn to some trauma here. Um, I was one day scrolling along on HBO Max, and I'm like, you know what? Let's see what's in the just added section. So I scroll on over. We've all and- been there. <laughs> Who amongst us, right? So I scroll on over there to the uh, just added section, and I happen upon a titled movie titled House Arrest. And I see none other on the cover of Stacey Dash. I'm like, you know what? This has got to be old. This has got to be something they found in the Warner Brothers memory banks that, you know, maybe went straight to DVD or never got at it. But now, since you know they can stream it, like, you know, we'll give it to you. But I was wrong. Not only was it not from the 90s, not only was it not scrapped, it was made in 2020. So this movie just came out, guys. Uh, probably again straight to DVD, if at all. Maybe it just got dropped here on HBO Max. But nonetheless, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. I'm going to recap it. So <laughs> I recruited our good friend here, Quinn. And little did I know, I had set us up for two hours of pure horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's actually my first note. I have it written here. I'm like, why is this so long? Like, that's that was... From the minute I pressed play, that was my thought. Also, I did some digging, mm-hmm. and the movie did show on uh, HBO Max in 2020, but it was made in 2012. Ah, uh, okay. So I'm explain that everything. Yes, please. <laughs> I saw a fli- there was a flip phone cell phone moment, and I needed to get answers. I saw her use. I was like, that could not be. I mean, it's hilarious if it is, but that cannot be from this year. And like Stacey Dash is like a vampire. She doesn't age. So trying to figure out when when this movie was made based on her face or was like completely, (laughs) you couldn't do it at all. So I had to like pretty much figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like you can't even really find it on IMDb. It's very hard to find. Yes. Well, (sighs) honestly, I see why. I I, I see why it was hard to find. I see why it stayed (laughs) unfounded all these years. And thank you for giving me that context. But mm-hmm. so uh, upon investigation before pressing play, I'm like, let me see the cast. And we got Stacey Dash. And we also have Jason, a.k.a. The Game. The so Game. I'm like, okay, like, um, this this is something. Uh, first things first, this movie obviously had no budget, whether it was made today or in 2012. That's just very <laughs> apparent. I felt like it was shot maybe in someone's backyard, someone's neighborhood. Part of it. Part of it, maybe. I mean, this is like pre-bulge game too so <laughs> right pre dick brent pre the bulge game so yeah. a lot of issues right there off the top and we are immediately taken into what we can guess judging from context would be the south side of los angeles we can say that right mm-hmm. yes like yes i would agree with that yeah so <laughs> uh, i would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the vibe it was giving. It gave many vibes, but the first game, first vibe it gave was South Central LA. So we were thrust mm-hmm. into what is um, what are, what are we are perceiving to be a um, low income area, uh, very urban, 
And uh, we see Stacy Dash in the game, whose character's name is, I want to say, Chanel. Yeah, Chanel is, the, is mm-hmm. uh, Stacy's character. And uh, did the game's character have a name? If he did have a name, I don't remember what it is, which is not a good sign for this movie. Right. I am, but... <laughs> I just kept calling him the game because like even any reference him because like I was like my husband like came in while I was like watching it and I was referring to them as like Stacy Dash and the game like I didn't even register their character names but yeah I would say that's not a good thing to walk away from because I really don't know and I guess I could look but I don't feel like it. You know what? That's okay. We're learning. And this is something we're choosing not to learn. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> not important, irrelevant. He's so the, the game. game. He can the be game, the game. Yes. Movie, so the game. Yeah. And I'm good with that. So, yeah, so we are thrust into their life. It seems like, you know, he's the man. He's like the money man. She's got a nice bag. They're in a very nice house. They're kind of frolicking mm-hmm. around. And the game says, you know what? Let's go shopping. And she's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. So they go down to what we can assume to be like, you know, uh, what is that? La Brea Drive. Uh, no, not, mm. not La Brea. Rodeo Drive, all like the shops and all the fancy stores and stuff. And we see uh, Stacy slash Chanel go into the store. She's shopping. She's shopping. And all of a sudden, she is uh, approached by the detectives. And she learns very quickly that the money that she used to pay for the shoes and the clothes was stolen. Because they mm-hmm. then cut to a scene outside where the game was, you know, uh, seemingly selling drugs. We, we never illicitly saw any drugs, but it any seemed, drugs, yeah. yeah, it seemed that they were selling drugs. And the movie honestly only went downhill from there. So <laughs> <laughs> they are both. But we arrested. have to talk about we have to talk about when she got arrested. If we're gonna yes, into oh, it, the appearance the appearance of Stacey Dash's black scent. That that's when this pops up here. And I say that as a black son, I'm aware that Stacey Dash is a woman of color. She's a black woman. Allegedly, on paper. Well, uh, she couldn't do the accent. I thought the rule of acting was like, if you can't do the accent, don't do the accent. And she was not able to pull that off very well. Like, she seemed like a really, like, sassy, like, private school girl. Like, she didn't really, she didn't, she wasn't giving me, like, hood chick, you know? Absolutely not. Which tells you Stacey Dash has never met a black person. She gave us what a white person thinks who has never met a black person <laughs> thinks what a black person sounds like. That is the black scent and the energy that Stacey Dash came into this with. Okay. I, I don't think that's true. I do think that Stacey Dash knows some black people, but I do think that she gave them what they asked for, what she thought she should do. Like, she I, gave I, them I think Lala. she knew. She, yeah, she knew what she was doing, but like, yeah. So it was, um, that was interesting to see that because, you know, she, she didn't have to do that, but she did. And, but you're right. She gets arrested. We find out the money is arrested. I know how to talk to black people. I know how to talk to people like you. Popular girl in school who has a fight with the black girl who then starts, you know, (laughs) twisting her head and doing the fingers. Like, I know how to handle it. Doing the cobra. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very much that energy. Yes. So yeah, she gets arrested and she's like, what? What is going on? I ain't doing nothing. Like, (laughs) just so shocked. I didn't do nothing. And this is over a very aggressive soundtrack. I, I felt the soundtrack was aggressive. It was everywhere. Like, if there was anything going on in this movie that didn't have dialogue, there was music by it. Yes. And music is an important part of a movie. But I don't mean, like, you know, music done for the movie. It was just, like, all songs that I would assume that was on the soundtrack to this movie. Even if they didn't fit what I was going on. I hope it doesn't on. have a soundtrack. Uh <laughs> How it dare they short featured music like it did? <laughs> it featured music like it did have a soundtrack, even if it didn't fit the tone of the scene, which I thought was funny in the decision made I mean, by production. Just truly ridiculous. So Stacy goes downtown with the game, and um, they're both they're both they're both detained. So um, they show up to the police uh, station. What is that called? The precinct? Okay. So we, we'll assume mm-hmm. they're the precinct. And uh, so our detectives, our, our cops, we have we have good cop, bad cop, because I couldn't find names for them. So and it's funny enough, white cop, <laughs> black cop. <laughs> this movie is really just uh, making it clear about what they're about to do for the next hour and 45 minutes. Um, so they tell oh, her. 45 minutes. 
So they tell her, look, like, look, sweetie, they, you know, they try to reason her like you would try to reason with, you know, a nice suburban white girl who just got arrested with her, you know, black mm-hmm. or Latino drug dealer boyfriend. Like, like, look, sweetie, if you just tell us, you know, I think I want to say his name is Daryl or Darrell, what Darrell did, then, you know, we'll let you go, we'll let you go off easy. And maybe even you can keep, you know, some of those things you bought and you'll get your dog back. And of course, now Stacey Dash trying really hard to land this. She goes, I don't know nothing. And yep, it was that's, so painful. So painful. It, it was it was kind of a cringe. It was. It was it was like verbal blackface. It was, it was not assault. We were assaulted. It wasn't true to her. So like that's why I think it's wrong. But you know, hey. This now, this is an interesting part of the movie for me because this is around the time that I started to smoke. So I was high for the rest of this movie. I want to just say, if you know, this lay it out You're there. You're so smart. We I people, we that. people here, right? We people. So I'm gonna be real. Um, yeah, I started smoking because I was like, if I gotta watch another hour and thirty minutes of this movie, I'm gonna have to be high for it to get through. So that may color some of the things that I paid attention to the rest of this movie. But please, um, please continue. Uh, <laughs> you are so smart. I should have done that. Ridiculous. It's legal and in New York, and I'm happy about it. Shout out to New York, my fucking home. Oh, my God. I miss it so much. Coming back in November for Homegirl's birthday. It's going to be fun. And, oh, here I, and here I am doing the same thing I'm accusing Stacey Dash of doing. But you know what? We'll circle back to that. So uh, Chanel is being difficult. She's just simply not complying with our lovely officers. And so they tell her, look, you know, uh, if you don't tell something, you're going to be spending the night here. To which she replies after literally having seconds, minutes of silence, no dialogue, goes, I'm going to need my lawyer. I've I never seen a lawyer in this. <laughs> Do you? Right. I don't think the, the lawyer never actually showed up. Like there was no We never was no got the lawyer. lawyer. We never wow. got the lawyer. Wow, I didn't think about that until just now. Mm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to need my lawyer. So again, she's like, you know what? Let me dig a little deeper. Let me, it didn't land the first time. Let me try it again. I'm going to need my lawyer. Uh, so, <laughs> so. Now, this is during the time say. she's in lockup, right? Like, she's in lockup during this time. Chains to the table, yeah. This is before they put her in the cell. Correct. With, mm-hmm. This okay. is when they try to reason with her and try to get her to, to confess. Okay, yeah. We're on the same page. Yes. So <laughs> then, uh, when she doesn't comply, they say, all right. Sorry, we tried to help you. And then we get this lovely sequence of her changing into her prison jumpsuit, getting her pictures taken. And again, it's just the most visually startling thing I've seen probably all year. And I sat through. No, let me not. Uh, so, yeah, so we watch her change into a jumpsuit. And the camera pans to her cursed feet, which again lets you know, this is your time to turn back. Now, this is no disrespect to the foot fetish community, but I don't like feet. So then to have to be subjected, knowing that then being subjected to her cursed, crusty toes, it was truly just one of the most shocking frames of film I've seen in quite a long time. Assaulted again twice in the first 20 minutes of this movie. Little did I know my pain would not end there. So then the uh, camera cuts to competing shots of Chanel and the game in their cells, because obviously he's not going to confess either, because, you know, no. he's down. And she is uh, down adjacent. Um, also, side note, this doesn't come till later, but Chanel's cellmate is Leslie Jones. <laughs> Leslie Jones, and probably the earliest role I've seen her in, I almost didn't know it was her, and just bam, <clears throat> Leslie Jones doing the most Terry Cruz's stereotypical lesbian ne- cellmate. What is it? Next Friday or Friday after next. Mm-hmm. Terry Crews impression of a gay person I have ever seen. This was the lesbian equivalent. Literally. It was. <laughs> and I'm so glad it you said. It was so crazy. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it was 2012 because I'm like, no, I'm like, there's no way in 2020 or 2021, Leslie Jones is going to agree to be in a movie with Stacey. I'm like, there's no way. There's no fucking way. No way. They're not on the same level. But at this point, Leslie Jones, like um, like many working actors and comedians, was on a lower level than <laughs> Stacey Dash. Ridiculous. And then, even more ridiculous, we don't see her in jail again until later in the movie. But what we do yes. see next is uh, the warden or, you know, the officer telling her, you know, it's time for your hearing. So we go from that line of dialogue, time for your hearing, to the courtroom where, again, no lawyer present. 
No lawyer. No, I don't remember seeing that. All we see is with defense <laughs> saying why she shouldn't be let go. And then we hear the judge say, you will be on house arrest. Because once again, Chanel is now in the courtroom saying, I didn't do anything, Your Honor. It wasn't my fault. Going very, a very stark change from I ain't do nothing. <laughs> I'm going to need my lawyer. Very stark contrast. Game, I remember very that Shaw. I, yeah, I remember not just shot. very gentle. I, I remember that scene, and I remember when the judge said, "You are on the duh, 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 house arrest." I remember yes. like looking towards my cat and like you know going like you know naturally like you know it had to be said. Yes, there was no way it wasn't going to be said in this movie. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why there was thing. no lawyer. It took away a lot of what her character would be thinking because like what she would be thinking would be what she says to the lawyers. Right. So it's very weird to take him out with them out. But um well, when I you actually, have no budget. I'm, when you have no budget, you maybe all of the <laughs> lawyers' lines were like on the federal floor. I don't know. They were on Lord Order. I will say <laughs> for me, the movie got better after this point. Please continue. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean when all the lawyers are the good ones are taken for, you know, Law and Order SVU or Nickus. NCIS, <laughs> you just simply had to make do and let us let, let your audience imagine that in this movie, the lawyer was somewhere there. Yeah, he was like remote or something. I don't know. <laughs> he was around. Oh my God. A case even he wouldn't take. And so, yes, and side note on that before we get to our next scene, I love in a song, in a movie, in a book, when uh, the title itself is referenced. I felt that's for mm-hmm. me, that's like the ultimate link to the audience. Like, so when they, ah. so when he said house arrest, I'm like, ah, I'm like, is this movie gonna turn around? Mm. Mm. I wish I, I had could. the same expression as my cat. We looked at each other like, naturally, yeah, yeah, of course. Love I that. still stand by it. It's a great moment. Yes, uh, maybe the best moment in this movie. Uh, uh, we're not there yet. But please, <laughs> I'll tell you what the best moment of this movie. All right, so <laughs> we now start our house arrest. Chanel, and for some reason, Chanel is taking house arrest back home, even in the deeper hood of the hood that she was in with mm-hmm. her mama at her mama's house. Now, if I had to guess, maybe like, you know, the house was being watched or assets got seized, maybe that's why she can go back to the house she was living in with the game. But for whatever reason, uh, mm-hmm. lack of continuity aside, she ends up back in the hood <laughs> at her mama's house. At her grandmother's house, which You're she right. calls Meemaw. I have never heard a black person call their grandmother Meemaw. I found that very, very interesting. Not a Medea, not a big mama, a Meemaw. And that let me know who wrote this. It's also a mammy, which we, which we later learn. Um, but yes, you're right. It is the grandma. Because right. then it her mother shows up. Her mother does show up later, so. You are right. I forgot. It is, it is the grandma. And I was high. You, supposed to be, you, you were sober. This movie was hard to pay attention to, but when so I commit sober. to something, damn it, I commit to it. <laughs> and I appreciate you. Sober. Plus, being high makes me more perceptive. I'm like one of those people. Like I drive better high. No, I'm just kidding. You pick I up don't. the notes, gotcha. You pick it up with the pencil <laughs> pointing down. All right, guys. So we meet uh, her grandmother, Mima, and <laughs> it is so ridiculous <laughs> because on the way home to her Mima or grandma's house, the cameraman decided to show us shots of them passing a liquor store that is also a bank, the liquor bank store and other hood adjacent mm. <laughs> establishments, which I just, I, I, I couldn't have rolled my, high, rolled my eyes any harder. And so we go into this house where we meet our Mima, our grandma, and another character, a very special character. We meet Chanel's daughter, Autumn. Yes. <laughs> now this is one of the best parts of the movie because we had no idea that she had a whole daughter. And I don't mean a baby. I mean a girl that's like, what was she, like nine? Yeah, six, seven, nine, somewhere around there. Daughter. A whole-ass daughter. Introduced that way. And the only person she asked about up to them was the dog. Can I get... Am I going to get my dog back? (laughs) That was the only other character she had any concern for, consideration for, from the time of her arrest in the store to detainment Mm -hmm. to uh, spending time in the clink to uh, trial to being driven home by the liquor bank store. Only thing, only person she asked about was, where is my dog? Yep, that's it. She did not think about that little girl. Uh, Wait, I know her name. Autumn. Um, Autumn. Mm -hmm. That's right, Autumn. 
And of course, you know, our Mima, grandma, she's like, hi, baby, what's wrong? Why are you here? She's like, oh, my God, it's the worst day ever. She goes back to, you know, being suburban. <laughs> yeah, I think we should mention that the woman who plays her Mima is kind of a legend herself. Like she was mm. in the House Party movies okay. or at least one of them. Um, Do you have the name by any she, chance? Um, I'm looking it up right now. Um, Love it. This is a real show here, guys. We do shit live. We're doing we're doing a, a um, deep dive here. I don't see it. Oh, BB Drake. Now, <clears throat> I know BB Drake from her infamous Snackwells commercials, where she would mm. yell, "Hey, Cookie Man!" And every one she was in, it was a it was a thing. So, okay. I just to give everybody context, that's who Meemaw is. Somebody who was very much not what I would call a Meemaw. That is. A big mama or a Medea, if I've ever seen one, probably Medea. Our modern but, day Deirdre from Popeyes. Yes. Except it was for fat free cookies back in the day. That's right. Uh, mm, okay. That's disappointing. And again, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that you say that because it really puts in the context. I'm so glad you did dig that this was filmed and shot in 2012. Because again, no one's working <laughs> with Stacey Dash in a year of our Lord 2020 or 2020. <laughs> Except for maybe Thomas Lawrence, aka Tammy Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. Canvas the ones. You know what? The three of them should do Charlie's Angels, but it'll be like Republican porn. Char- <laughs> Candace Owens, Stacey Dash, <laughs> and Tommy Lawrence. No, you know they can't do that because the whole base would be like, Charlie's Angels weren't black. So they can't even do that. They you know what? They probably don't even know that they couldn't do it, but you know. Mm-hmm. We'll circle back to they that. Have it. And now we meet. Um, again, so again, we meet Mima. She's like, well, baby, what's wrong? What are you doing? She's like, oh my God, grandma, it's the worst. I'm having the worst day ever. My boyfriend got arrested. I found out that, uh, that, you know, he's selling drugs and she's just telling her grandma all the shit that's happening. She's like, oh, well, baby, sit here, stay here. And and while she's trying to tell her grandma what's happening, her daughter's like, mama, can you play with me? She's like, not now, Autumn. I'm I'm having a bad day, completely neglecting her child. I mean, she was having a bad day, but I do think that this required a phone call. I think, you know, for my grandchild, the pop up at like four o'clock in the afternoon with all of this. I do think she probably should have called. That is probably another note for... um, Production. Whether she I could have called in a car while driving past the liquor bank store. I feel like that. Not bad. I feel like she would have previous knowledge because you know. But hey, whatever. It, 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 it's a movie. Time. We're having fun here. <laughs> Are we having so fun? So she dismisses Autumn. Her first <laughs> line to Autumn is dismissing her. Not now. M- mommy's having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I mean, mom of the year, right? Dre I had to rewind it because I thought I missed something. I actually rewinded when she said that. I was like, wait a minute. This is the first time we're seeing this little girl, right? So I literally went back to see if she was shown before, and she was not. So, she was not. You were so dedicated. Yeah. But again, mom of the year, Dre and Michelle's got nothing on her. Dre and Michelle <laughs> wishes. Ridiculous. And then we meet our next ancillary iconic character. This is Francois. the best <laughs> <laughs> This is the best part of the movie. The entrance of Francois. Take it away. <laughs> How he bust up in this house. I don't know. What do you, oh, what do you say he does about... does not know in the hood. <laughs> what can you say about Francois, who dresses like Freddie from Scooby-Doo for the most part? Francois. In the hood <laughs> in 2012. It's spelled F-A or F-R-A-N. S-W-A-H. Francois. Francois. Francois comes in in one of the most heavy-handed homosexual performances I have seen in a long time. Um, Francois is the gay that your mama warned you about. She is the one that will be walking down the down the aisle and path Mark or Walmart as kids up. See him? See that packet? See that little sissy over there? Don't be like him. And, and you know, it's not even that that's the problem. It's just that <laughs> it was being though, be as gay as you're gonna be. Lord knows, I'm come on, that's not the problem here. The problem here is the actor who was doing it, it is either so far away from who he really is or he's straight. I didn't have the 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 fortitude to search more about him. Right. I do this is not true think, crime. I do think he's a stand up comedian, or at least he was like in the, the LA time. area, right. So I don't know for sure what his sexuality is or what he identifies as. But in this 
way. He's he's made to seem like this listen, flaming queen the most who dresses like Freddie from Scooby Doo with a Kango. And <laughs> you know, whoever I mean, it kind of is a classic pairing. You know, you got the ascot, a Kango. I mean, yes. it fits. But then there's another part in this movie where he's referred to as a woman. Now he has never said that he was a woman, but <sighs> this one of the characters was under the impression that Francois was a female. Mm-hmm. Th- this is the part that's kind of weird for me because like yeah. if, if if Francois was trans, that's great. But Francois never said that. And it, it was very weird. It was very, very we'll weird. We'll get to that. <laughs> please do. Because I didn't understand it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I rewinded this movie several times. Did you? I, oh my God. I had to. I got to send you like a fucking muffin, a gift basket or something. That's crazy. The dedication. <laughs> oh, yikes. But no, please, Francois. I'll wait for you. Please get into it. Please. Because I don't understand. <laughs> Francois bust up into this lady's house in the hood, being literally... The black gay that your mama warned you about that they talk about in church, the one that's gonna, you know, drag you straight to hell some way, somehow. Um, and he is like, and he's like, and he's like, oh baby, Chanel, what's wrong? What happened? And Mima's like, well, well, who are you? He's like, oh, well, baby, um, I'm Francois. You know, it's Francis, but I'm Francois. And she's like, oh, she's just completely taken aback, as anyone would be. Who is this man mm. busting up in my house? <laughs> and he, he was- snaps and he switches and he spins towards <laughs> He's completely detached from what's going on with her. Like, she could possibly go to jail. She's back living in the hood. And he's just like, oh, you going to jail? That's not working it, working it, work, work, work. Like, he kept yes. doing that. His catchphrase. Which, That's not working, working it, working it, working it. <laughs> you know, as somebody who was alive and in the community in 2012, yes. I didn't understand what that was about. <laughs> um, A very... Please continue. I have nothing. Yes. So as he walks away into Mima's kitchen, the house that he was not invited to, she starts the trend of this movie where things just simply go south, where she looks to her granddaughter and says, he walked like he got a little sugar in his tank, which was such a war flashback (laughs) for every black gay (laughs) ever. I hope every black guy was smart enough in 2021 to research this damn movie before just playing it unknowingly, <laughs> looking for torture. Because <laughs> I was not free. Well, you gotta have, you gotta have ass to have that problem, so I never had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, to all the, the bubble butt gay boys out, the black boys out there, I see you. Mm. I understand. We stand with you in solidarity. <laughs> I stand with you. We sure <laughs> do. To which we now cut to the next scene, which is Chanel in her now bedroom, which is definitely not her bedroom. Mm-hmm. She don't live there. This is the grandmother's house again. And she's on the phone <laughs> telling who she, wait, who's she even on the phone with? I thought she was on the phone with her female friend. Yes. I can't remember her name. I, I don't what? remember anybody's name. I think the female's friend name was, <clears throat> I want to say like Tracy or it was something like that. She it was Tracy or she, Keisha. Yeah. I'm going to look up right Please now. Please do, yes. And the best part about her this. being on the phone was that she wasn't on the Keisha. phone. They put, Keisha. They put music over it. <laughs> like, she's on the phone if you don't get a conversation. But very shortly thereafter, Keisha shows up to Mima's house, and there is a group scene in the kitchen with Chanel, Mima, and Keisha, to which we get our next slam. So Chanel is relaying the story to Keisha, about how she's in this situation, how she's now in house arrest, shows her, shows her the ankle bracelet. And Francois is like, oh yeah, we got to get her out. This is so bad. And um, I forget her lineup joke, but he he rebuttals back to her. And this is why you can't keep a man. This is why you don't have a man. To which she rebuttals mm-hmm. back to whatever <laughs> tranny. <laughs> right. She She does call him that. And but see, she doesn't. She calls him a tranny, <laughs> which I don't even feel right, even because it doesn't. I, we can't say it. It doesn't sound right because. <laughs> but nothing in this movie led us to believe that he was anything other than a gay man, right? Right. That's the way I identified. So when she said that, you know, I sometimes want to call 
uh, her tranny instead. I can't stand tranny. her tranny ass. She also said because because she has those big ass man hands, mm-hmm. and I'm like yes. I don't understand. 2012. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't understand that even if yeah, it was right. very weird, very weird. Yes, to which Keisha says, "All right, whatever. I gotta go." She exits. Francois exits, and Chanel is left alone in the kitchen. And then we mm-hmm. cut to the scene outside where she meets uh, what we can assume is either her childhood friend or just someone she knew in the neighborhood, where the writers really showed their whole ass again. <clears throat> the writers' room full of old, straight white men. Couldn't be anyone else. And maybe their wives, for, you know, diversity. Uh, we meet Guillermo, who comes over to tell her he misses her. He hasn't seen her in a while. She looks so good. And how he can cut off her ankle bracelet because he cut the boot off of his truck because he didn't pay the parking ticket. That's what happened. How did you feel about Guillermo? Well, <laughs> in the direction he chose to take or was rather told to take. <laughs> it's kind of hard to like, you know, this is pretty much a stereotypical movie for everybody involved. We get everybody. So, we really fucking do. You get, you get everybody. You get. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just wait. We get to everybody. Yeah, so it's like, how can you be mad? At, I mean, you can be mad, but like, at least everybody here was stereotypical. The white people, everybody was stereotypical. There was no everybody. nuance whatsoever in all of this. So, I mean, it was a check, you know? Well, well actually, we, do, we, we actually do have a little nuance that comes later in, in, in the movie, but for the most part, you're right. Overall. Okay. Okay. And I think, <laughs> and I think you know, I'll, I'll let that. you have that. But um, yes, no. So Guillermo, in a very stereotypical, what you know, the people in America would know as a Mexican accent, tells her how yes, he took the boot off his car that had a parking ticket on it, and how he mm-hmm. took the boot off the car is how he can very easily take the ankle bracelet off of Chanel, who is now fully committed to her best imitation for black because she's like. What up, Guillermo? <laughs> and I yeah, like pronouncing um, Spanish wrong when she was like, "Gracias" and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like just oh, the worst. You live in South LA, you know Spanish, some form of Spanish, something. You know, Stacey Dash herself is half Mexican. Is she? She is. So I found that I'd be more interested to know how she felt about that than how, not more than how Guillermo felt, but that's something else I'd like to know. And suddenly, I wish I never knew that. But, you know, I guess that was her selling out one of her (gasps) people, and then she went to Fox News, and she sold out out of her people. You can look at it that way, I suppose. But... Something just clicked in my head. (laughs) I thought, I knew, I was always under the impression that Stacey Dash was an Afro-Latino and some, a Latina in some way. I thought like she was Kelly Dominican. Dodd. I didn't. <laughs> well, a little bit more than <laughs> Kelly died. But I get. Well, what remember, you mean. Quinn, she's Mexican. Her first oh, season. Okay. Been, not, after, not, she's not, also black. She's also black. I'm black! <laughs> so, yes, I had to look that up and I found that. So, I think that's very interesting that she was okay with it, but hey, you know. She was doing her best. Stacey was on it all. Yeah, you know, you take, you take the roles that you can take. Like, you know, I, I play thugs and bouncers and stuff like it's you mm. take the roles that you get until you can get something else so i don't blame right. Guillermo. her uh <laughs> she had to be chanel before she could be kelly dodge <laughs> she's <laughs> already dion this is such a far fall from dion uh, but listen i'm not even gonna revert back to her former we are <laughs> starting and ending her career right here with this movie so uh, we then cut back to her daughter, Autumn, and we meet, we meet her dad. I, I want to say her dad's name is Anthony. I do believe her dad's name is Anthony. Chris. Chris. Yes. Okay. The baby's yeah. father's name is Chris. And we see him being a great dad. You know, he's a mailman. He comes over to pick up Autumn. He comes to, you know, t- he tells her he'll take her ice skating. We see him riding the bike with her and just being very present. And then in this next scene, both he and Autumn action now can... <laughs> Can she hang out? Can can you basically can you please spend time with your daughter? To what she says, I, I'm I'm busy. Not now. Not now. Now I think we should mention for people that Chris is played by um I don't know anybody's name. It's the game in uh, Stacey Dash. It's okay. But he he was Spencer in half and half. 
Oh, TV show, okay. But I cannot, I know his name. I know his name, but I cannot remember anybody's name today. We'll circle back. He is playing the father, Chris. I also think we should mention that her parole officer is Rolanda, the old talk show. Yes. Um, one from the 90s. And literally other voice acting things. Rolanda has a iconic voice. It is a great, strong, intelligent Black woman voice that I really like her for. Yes. And one of the only good things I liked about this movie was Rolanda's performance as her no-nonsense parole officer. Get on the ball. Parole officer, get a job, go to school. I think that was one of the best parts about this. But yes, we see Chris come and we see that Chris is a good father despite the fact that I can only assume his daughter is living with her Mima and not with uh, Chanel, Stacey Dash's character, really at all. So I wonder, it makes me wonder why he didn't get custody, but then I think they kind of address that later, which I'm surprised by. Yes, but once again, <laughs> Chanel is just simply too busy to hang out with Autumn. Again, and I'm, yeah. and I'm glad you bring up the parole officer because I did, I did forget that. Honestly, guys, I forgot a lot. So bear with me and Quinn. I would say watch the movie. Don't, please don't. Do not give this movie any more views than the two we gave it. <laughs> um, so yes, she does get a parole officer. And the officer tells her, like, listen, she's like, for the next, for, did she give us a time? I want to say three no, weeks, no, three I months? At least it's either a month or three weeks. Right. She had to get a job or go to school. Or confess. And she says like, Yes. Full, you can do full-time, part-time job, part-time school, or full-time job, full-time school, but you got to do one of those things. But for the next three weeks, your ass is mine, which I yeah. love. I love I love when a parole officer fully leans into being one, like hard-ass, like checking in on you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see Chanel stomping her feet while she's here, but she's like, oh, man. like, oh. And then she asks the parole officer. <laughs> and one <laughs> of her most convincing scenes where she goes up the phone, like, bitch. Like, that was very convincing. Yes. And once She's again, she asks a parole officer, all right, but a parole officer mentions it. Oh, and the parole officer says, and, and, and if you finish and if you comply, maybe you'll see your dog. This poor dog yes, brought up the most, seen the least. To get. This damn dog. Yeah, we never see the dog again. She never no, does get that dog back. Literally. <laughs> brought up the most, seen the least. <laughs> I... I I'm, 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 I'm triggered by the dog, truly. It's uh, like John Wick, kind of. <laughs> John Wickian. Oh my God! Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> so Chanel is now fully into her house arrested bliss. She is trying to, you know, uh, deal with it. Francois calls her, and she's like, "All I want to do is go to the mall." And she's like, "But I can't." She's like, "She's like, I'm stuck in this damn house." And <laughs> so Francois says, "Well." He's like, "Let's just go to the mall. And let's say you're looking for a job." And she's like, "Oh my God, that's so smart." So he picks her up, <laughs> and I wonder, <clears throat> I wonder how she. That's was what happened. That's literally what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how she was allowed to go to the mall because we did get another really brief scene where uh, Guillermo asks her to hang out, and she says, "I mm-hmm. can't leave because she's standing on the lawn." Oh, and that—that that was the reason the second time uh, she couldn't take Autumn to go ride a bike. She's like, "Oh, she's like, I can't, I can't leave." Like, she, like she stood, she stood at the curb, which implied to us that she couldn't go any further. So I'm like, "Wait, right. how is she been allowed to go to the mall, get in his car, and drive and go to the mall?" But anyways, nonetheless, continuity was was never a for a for or back thought here. They get in the car and they go to the mall, and she gets some she gets some retail therapy back in her full, uh, you know, quasi quasi middle class white woman bliss. They're shopping from mm-hmm. store to store, and then Francois goes, "Girl." Isn't that your parole officer? And sure enough, across the way, <laughs> working her second job as a, as a jewelry clerk at the jewelry store in the mall, we see our parole officer, to which, like, two kids in school hiding from their parents who played hooky on their day mm. off, they, they quickly tried to run out of this mall. And yeah, it's like which, it was, I think I saw this in That's So Raven. I swear this was a That's So Raven episode. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, you know, Stacey Dash's favorite show, you know, Raven Simone, uh, one of her idols, who says she's from every continent on this world except Africa. I love people like you who don't forget shit like that. I really appreciate <laughs> that. I, I really do, because I forgot she said that. She sure did say that. She did. You did. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> they're in the parking lot, in the car, Almost, you know, as Ash Ketchum would tell us in our Game Boy Advances, got away safely, right? But then... 
<laughs> but I then, appreciate that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm glad. But then, unfortunately, we have some car trouble. There is a car parked in front mm. of him, and they are simply trying to escape because we see our parole officer in the back looking around to see if she can catch the suit. And here we go again with more racism. Because the two people in the car in front of them are brown girls, very clearly, you know, Indian or South Asian, something mm-hmm. of that sort of the of, of that sort there, to which they come out of the car playing two Latina women. I mean, just when you think <laughs> they couldn't get any more. But it's like, you know, you don't get a lot of work for Southeast Asians. So it's like on one hand, representation this is racist or whatever, but now they're getting work. Where yes. it, you really didn't know where to rest your eyes on this movie. There was so much. You want to be happy. There was a black production. You you want to be, I mean, like <laughs> at least most of it, the writing had to not have been fully black. I know that one of the writers was black, but whatever. So you want to be happy for a black production, but then it's like you're taking making these missteps. You're, you know, yeah, yes, you're absolutely right. We got Francois almost fighting these girls to move out the way to him <laughs> so we can get yes. home because she has 30 minutes to make it home before before her scheduled phone call for uh, for her officer to follow up to see if she got any contacts at the mall. And, uh, and so they make it home and she makes it just at a phone time. Mima's like, there's someone on the phone for you. And she's like, I got it. I got it, Mima. <laughs> Mind you, she's breaking her neck simply to get in the door. And she's like, oh, so did you find any work today? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I applied to Gucci, Louis, Fendi, Prada. And I'm waiting for a call back. She's like, oh, okay. And she's like, you watch it. And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, watch yourself. <laughs> she's like, otherwise. Real, like, that was a real threat. I was like, yeah, I felt that. Otherwise, you'll be back in jail before you know it. And Francois leaves. Um, is this the part? Oh. Side note, um, so they did try to, you know, uh, flush out Francois' role uh, because they did end up getting a flat tire at some point. And the mechanic mm. says, I can, have, I can have you guys home, but you're going to have to pay. And Francois says, to which I don't have any money, but maybe we can work something out. To which he switches and sashays over to the truck. So we are assumed to believe that he's paying, but with no money, question mark. It wouldn't trade. Yes. Yes. Uh, little... Little throwaway cutaway rare that I found amusing. So now we are back in this house and me It's revisited though at the end. At the very end, yes. yes. Uh, we will <laughs> we will uh, we will unfortunately have to revisit that. Right. And so um, <laughs> we are now mm-hmm. back in the house and Chanel goes in the kitchen and her Mima is cooking. And mm-hmm. she asks, What are you cooking? She's like, Oh, you know. Some mustard greens, some collard greens, some turnip greens. I call them my mean greens. To which she gives her most unbelievable, most forced line of this movie. Mm, you know, I love me some greens. Are you kidding me? Now, I don't necessarily think that that's wrong. I think she may not be able to say it, but I do think she might love greens. I have a grandmother who I love very much, who is biracial. She does not know how to cook. Soul food. Sure. My mother's side of the family does. And she's loved that food, but she cannot make it. And she would not be able to convincingly deliver that line. Same as Stacey Dash. So I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt because of that. Because soul food is good. Like, even white people like soul food. I can believe the Stacey Dash like oh, collard greens. I ain't going to dump all on her on this show now. I saw a tweet that said Boston Market is soul food for white people. So I think, <laughs> you know. I feel like I said that years ago. <laughs> So I'm sure had Mima said that she was making uh, some cream spinach, then she was like, mm, you know, I love me some cream spinach. <laughs> cream that spinach. I would believe. That I would believe. I'm making my famous cream spinach. I'm that done with you. Um, oh, that's just mean. You're just mean. <clears throat> right. What, is, so- what did Candace say? Mean, 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 mean. Candy gal, I'm seeing her on Saturday. I'm so excited. Oh, I got to hear about that. Oh, I, oh, don't worry. I will be all in the DMs immediately after. Um, so then we cut to the next day. Chanel is watering the grass. So and this mm-hmm. is where we see Germo again, where we actually hang out. But she can't because, you know, she points to the ankle bracelet. And also she's watering the grass. You know, she's got a lot of work to do around the house. She can't leave, really. Sure. So she's got to do something. Shit. She's got shit to do. Anything but spend time with Autumn. Yes. <laughs> Anything but spend time with Autumn. And speaking of our poor baby girl, so uh, we cut to another scene of Chanel in the house, and she's like, I'm so bored. Uh, she's, she's in the room on the phone. This time we hear the conversation. She's painting, she's painting mm-hmm. her nails, and she's talking to Keisha. And she's like, you know what? 
She's like, I'm tired of looking at this ankle bracelet. I'm going to accessorize it. So then she gets out her bedazzler, which I again found unbelievable because there's no bedazzling in the hood. I, I don't believe that. Untrue. So she's now bedazzling her house as Brinklet, to which sets off an alarm. But she's doing so her. How do, you think, how do you think Robin started her embellished line? Well, just like, you know what? Great question. <laughs> Great question. Glad you asked. So the good thing about Robin, the special thing about Robin, is that Robin is not from the hood. Robin is That's simply true. hood rich. Like our hood rich girl of the rest of the West, Miss Dory Kemsley, she is hood rich. So Robin's hats come from her hood rich mentality. While she is still a black woman, she has the sensibilities of someone who has more money than she currently has. So that's how she was able to come up with the concept of the hats and to make it into a business. Chanel is sitting here just being a dumbass, but that is... Deciding to bedazzle her ankle bracelet just because she's tired of looking at it. Yes, with her headphones in, which is very important. But who's ever looked at something like, you know what, I hate looking at this thing. Let me make it stand out more. That'll make it better. Feels like a Cameron Westcott train of thought. (laughs) There's like some Cameron line of thinking. I feel like this is shots going everywhere. I hope housewives are like duck. They should be like ducking. Like these women should be like in their homes for no reason. Like oh, like I feel like something flew over my head. You are coming for multiple necks. Please don't stop. I'm loving this. Keep going. Now why am I in it? Um, so <laughs> she is like bedazzling her ankle bracelet with her headphones in. Very important because she does not hear her cell phone ringing, the house phone uh-huh. ringing, which we found out very quickly. It was her parole officer because uh, for those of you who don't know, when you do have an ankle bracelet, a house arrest modern accessory, if you will, for our upper class friends, um, <clears throat> you are not supposed to tamper or mess with it in any way, shape or form. Not Otherwise, it, it is it is to be assumed to believe that you are trying to escape or break free. So within 2.5 seconds, which I find incredible because there's no way in real time the cops show up to the hood that fast the cops and the detectives are there ready to bust down the door to find out i don't know you tell the lapd that they could go shoot somebody i don't know like maybe they will haul out mm, you're right you gotta maybe. scratch that itch you know uh, work out that trigger in their fingers <laughs> um so yeah they are there in two seconds and we're like please open up open up and so it's a parole officer <laughs> our two detectives and the cops and me was like is there a problem? And, and, and they're like, where is Chanel? Where's Chanel? She's like, oh, I don't know. And they, and they push right past her, bulldoze right past they do. her, bust down to Chanel's room to find her and bop it along to whatever she's listening to. And she's like, oh my God, what? Like, they don't even see her. And the parole officer has to yank the headphones with the wire, headphones with the wire out of her ear. And she's like, what? What did, what, what did I do? I didn't do anything. And she's like, and she's like, your alarm went off. And she's like, what did you do? And so she like motions to her leg and she's like, you be dazzled. Your ankle bracelet. She's like, <laughs> she's like, do you realize? She's like, do you realize you could have been arrested? She's like, do you realize I was ready to take you back to jail? And she's like, I ain't. And then again, going back to character, I ain't do nothing. <laughs> Trying so hard to revert back to her character. She's like, oh wait, no, we're filming now. I'm not on break anymore. I ain't do nothing. And she's like, right. Well, this is your. She's like, this. This is a warning. This is your last warning. She's like, she's like, she's like. Luckily, luckily enough, I have another one in the car. So she goes and gets the other ankle razor. She's like, don't let this happen again. To which Chanel, like a twelve year old, proceeds to pout and thrash herself around about like, oh, I hate, you. I hate this. She which sure did. I just love. And guess what, guys? We still have so much more. This movie's not over yet. That hour and 45 minutes. That was my biggest question. I'm like, okay, this is bad, but when <laughs> does it end? And I felt like it never ended. I, I felt like the movie gave me the stomach ache besides whatever I ate earlier that day. I felt like the movie <laughs> manifested it. For the me. movie gave you bubble guts. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, uh, uh. Okay, so we <laughs> have the house where she doesn't get arrested. She basically... Because Rolanda, basically, her parole officer tells her, like, you know, I'm getting fed up with you. Yes. You need to do whatever. So she still leaves her not in jail. But I cannot remember what happens right after this. So I believe- I think that's like a bathroom break. I was not pausing during bathroom breaks, by the way. That is so smart. Oh, so next we get our montage of her behaving. She's staying in the house. She's just kind of moping mm-hmm. around. Back to watering yeah. the grass again. She's not watering the grass three times in this movie. So again, you know, she's really trying to work it out. And then, what is probably the biggest plot twist of all, she is spending time with Autumn. She is reading Autumn a book. 
Again, there's no audio to it because, again, this is played over here. This is a montage, and it's very quick. As I'm another sure soundtrack, another soundtrack song, yeah. <laughs> You're right. As you said, this is a very music-heavy movie. It's very yes. aggressive. We see a montage of that, and then we cut to what is presumably the next day or next couple of days, where we have Autumn coming in the room saying, Mommy, Mommy, let's go to church. I want to go to church. And Michelle's like, no, not now. Can't do this. Meanwhile, comes in the room. She's like, oh, we're going to go to church. We're going to go to church. And of course, she says no. Now, of course, you know, <clears throat> the average viewer would think, okay, she can't go to church because that's too far, you know, the ankle mm-hmm. bracelet. Well, we were wrong. Because five minutes later, she's like, wait, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. But grandma, <clears throat> Mima, excuse me, is already hightailing it down the street, already gone. To which yeah. Chris then shows up saying that uh, he's ready to take Autumn, to which she has to tell him that Autumn is already gone. And then later on, somehow Chanel gets to church, <laughs> question mark. Yes. With, without this ankle monitor going off, with no, <laughs> with no action from the parole officer, but she somehow None. gets to church. Where we get our second best scene in the movie, with Autumn having a solo <laughs> in church, giving our most mm-hmm. child mm-hmm. singing at the church rendition of Amazing Grace that I've ever seen. Loved it, rolled my eyes. I just didn't. I didn't know what to do, but I liked it. I, I, I was appreciative of that brick we got in this shit show of a movie. I can agree with that. I, it wasn't, I didn't expect to have a scene like that in this movie. Didn't like it was going to go anywhere like that. But I was happy that they, they used Autumn in some way because I didn't know like how this situation with her and her daughter would be resolved or the way this movie went, if it would, I don't know. Right. But this was kind of a surprise, and it was like, okay, well, you know, it's not a great thing, but it's pretty good. Yes. So then uh, we are now, thankfully, waiting towards the end of the movie. And guys, we're not going scene by scene. We're just giving you a generalization and some key points. Chanel is now at her hearing about what's going to happen next, you know, not in the courtroom, but just like, you know, like like her next, uh, you know, officer. So she's at the hearing and they're like, all right, well, are you ready to confess? And she's like, I told you, I don't know nothing. And I ain't saying nothing. And again, she asks, where's my lawyer? (laughs) It first goes from the beginning to I'm going to need my lawyer to now, where's my lawyer? Mm -hmm. To which the detectives, again, again, to which the detectives reply, where you're going, you, (laughs) where you're going, you ain't, you ain't going to need a lawyer. (laughs) Yeah, because at this point, this is where, the they're trying to like get the game to break, yes, and basically telling them that she's out living high on the hog while he's in jail. So he's thinking that she's like doing all these things and like having all these adventures, but she's really like going through this crap that she's going through with this uh ankle bracelet, and that's causing him to be a bit more reckless and basically show his hand to the cops, yes. To which, again, she refuses to comply. So now, again, she is now put back in jail. And this is where we officially meet her cellmate, Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. The talented Leslie Jones. Um, Like I said, just being... Reduced to your typical female inmate. A black woman in prison. Like, basically, I'm going to rape you in prison. Yes. Um, It's so weird because, like, it's a... a it's it's almost no different than it would have been played if the if the like if this was a male prison. Yes. Her performance is exactly the same that a male prisoner would give, which I thought was kind of Which is why she's so talented. Interesting. Yeah, because it was like I could imagine it was like a Samuel Jackson version of that. Only, in, <laughs> in only Leslie in Jones could provide prison. such range for a role yeah. such as this. I agree with that 100%. 1,000%. Could have not gotten a better role. This role was made It managed to get some true Probably. laughs out of this movie. However stereotypical they may be. But she did bring some comedy into this movie. I will some say. much needed levity in this horror film. Intentional <laughs> levity, I mean. Yes. Which I really appreciate. And <laughs> once again, she gets that infamous call. And this is where we get our next wave of diversity. So Chanel is now able to pick up the clothes that she came in with uh, the first time she got arrested. And um, the lady who is checking her out is an Asian woman. And they get into an altercation because I think something was missing in the box or 
Some something was wrong with her items. Oh, the dog. She's like, she's she asks about the dog. To which the Asian lady replies, and her best wife, which is so far better than Chanel's will ever be. Listen, don't try this with me, okay? Be happy you got the stuff that you got in the box. Or that I is will exactly lock your ass what she said. Which I that's loved, absolutely true. Which I love because again, I'm like, this is what this is what Stacy was going for. This is the black scent she wanted to give us that she just simply could not. So props to that Asian. And I'm glad she got work for the day. I agree. She was like, she was badass. She, it was very believable in being that role. She was very, yeah. Like I thought she was like going to kick her ass. I the true her. talent of this movie. The true talent. Yeah. Leslie Jones and this woman. <laughs> and Rwanda. Our saving graces. The star. Wait, are we at the point where her real mother shows up? Are we there yet? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Because, uh, because when she gets back to Mima's house, the real mother is there. Yes. The real mother is there. And she, I don't remember the scene. I don't know how significant the scene was. I remember the mother standing in front of the pot of collard greens and being told not to get any of her fake hair in it. Yes. Don't touch my greens. We'll need my greens, Mima said. And every time, even though Mima was out the kitchen, she would touch the pot. Obviously, Mima heard it, and she's like, oh, don't touch him, don't touch him. And that was such a relatable thing, because I remember being a kid, don't touch the pot, don't open the microwave. The pot. Yep. And, if, and if I even thought about it, she's like, ah, don't touch it. So that I did appreciate. It was uh, very familiar to me as a former fat kid. Um, so that was really nice to see. I definitely appreciated that. And here we are to our grand finale. Um, oh, and while this is happening, in the other room, remember... Chanel is now for the second time in the movie hanging out with Autumn, and here she's teaching her how to play piano, which I really, yes. which I really loved. Yeah, There's one who knew Chanel knew how to play piano, and who knew Autumn wanted to learn how to play piano. Who knew there was a piano in that house? In the house, <laughs> yes. That's the question. The question we'll never get the answer to. <laughs> which I love, and here we are, the grand finale, climax of the movie. So it's the day of the hearing, and. They fast forward through that in the courtroom. We just see shots of her in the courtroom. Because we learn, I think through voiceover and we learn through voiceover and flashback that Chanel gets off because uh, it was discovered that it was Keisha who tipped them off, told the Mm -hmm. cops, sold them out to the feds, but it was her who actually did the stealing of the money. It flashes back to her in the house, her in the car. Turns out she was also sleeping with the game. And when all this is revealed, this releases Mm -hmm. Chanel back into the wild, a free woman. And I think she gets the shoes back, but again, not the dog. Not the dog. I thought this scene was interesting because the cops like brought Keisha into the courtroom. Yes. During, like, that's not the way it would have gone down. Like, they literally took her into the back. I was like, that would have been a separate arrest that you would have heard about. You would not have seen it. They would not have brought her here. But I just, I love that for the sake of the movie and to make it, like, climactic, we see her get brought into the courtroom and then taken to the back. It makes no sense to be taken into a courtroom to not be given a trial at all and then taken into the back holding area. None of that made sense, but it happened and I get it. I'm letting it go. It was the 11th hour. They were done like, let's wrap this up. <laughs> we gotta go home. This is the whole like Security crescendo. Here. We're getting kicked off a lot. We, 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 we got to finish. We, we, got, we got to land this plane. So, yes, yeah, we, we, we learned through flashback and voiceover that it was, in fact, Keisha. And so now Chanel gets off because we learned that she plans everything on them, sold them out. But now Keisha has now been apprehended. So we're left to believe because we never see her get arrested or put in jail. We just see Keisha we just take into the carried, away, carried away, carried yeah. away, off, off scene. She, she shoved off, which I enjoyed seeing. And then we get our Chiron of six months later. She remarries Chris. Um, oh, here, that's his name. I have it written down. DeAndre's released. He's put on probation. DeAndre. Keisha becomes friends in jail with Boss Lady, which is mm-hmm. the name of Leslie Jones's character. Francois runs off with a truck driver. Two men in pink, which I found uh, a choice. That was a choice in them itself. And the most important part, uh, when we cut to the big happy family of Autumn, Chris, and Chanel, she goes, Mom, can I change my name? She's like, to what, honey? And she goes, um, wait, I have it written down here. I can't mess this one up. Uh, what does she want? 
for the name change to uh, where is it? Crap. She wants her name changed. Gucci. She goes, Mom, can, you <laughs> can I change my name to Gucci? And she's like, Why? She's like, Because it's pretty. What she really meant to say, because, well, obviously that's what Chanel wants. Chanel wants Gucci. She doesn't want Autumn. <laughs> so obviously she wants her name changed to Gucci because she knows that's what her mom wants. Uh, it would have fit better. So this, I'm Chanel. This is my daughter Gucci. Right. I mean, it it would have flowed better, but you know. It sure would have. Poor baby. And that is the movie. So first thing, HBO Max. How dare you? How dare you? It was made in 2012. Should have loved in 2012. At what point did they think <laughs> that this is something that we want to see? Who is this for? Because it wasn't for us. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know why it was there. I. I was very surprised when you said that it was on HBO Max. I did think that it was new at first because, like, oh, this must be like her doing a new movie. She's trying to like do her Black Apology tour. Yep. But no, this was something before her Fox News days. I have no idea why it's on there. It's very. It's just a strange choice. There had to be a better Black movie to put on there than House Arrest. But. And there um, are, because they. They, they've been cataloging. We have stuff from like the 90s on there. And it's... Yeah. I, it, <laughs> if no, I got the hookup. I'll put it like... Uh, so, once again, on record, I'm going to apologize to Quinn because I thought, like you just said, this is going to be Stacey's comeback or apology tour or maybe something cute she wanted to do that would soften her image to the Black community once again. Because you know we're all subscribed to HBO Max. We're all watching Static Shock again. We haven't seen that show in years. You know, shout out to Pigs WB11. So we're all we're all busy catching up on that. And then we're, you know, uh, watching uh, Ben Affleck do the Batman all over again and Heath Ledger. But, you know, we thought, okay, something for us. The game. <laughs> Stacey Dash. A TV icon. <laughs> Mima. <laughs> and we got none of it. I looked so, at it after I pressed play and I finished it. And I when it ended... You know, it shows like, you know, like continue watching or whatever. And right next, it was like House Rest. Next to it was like Catwoman, Halle Berry's Catwoman. Uh, and I thought, wow. I uh, really HBO Max shit and Halle Berry. <laughs> I was like, I have some real taste things going on here. But yeah. So we know um, we will never see Halle Berry in a new HBO Max film because obviously HBO Max hates her too. Um, maybe she does have a new movie coming out. It's like, looks to be a pretty big deal though. It will. And it'll do great. Just yeah, not with HBO and the Warner so. Brothers community. Because <laughs> they don't like her. <laughs> How dare you put Catwoman, a great, a great film, truly, in my opinion, next to oh, I or love suggested. Any, yeah, anybody great. who knows me knows it was for I us. love Catwoman. It was, it was for us. I like it. You like it. Kyle likes it. Kendra likes it. Was, it, it, was, it was for us. It was for us. It's a great bad movie. I'm sorry. It really man. is. It's, <laughs> it's, as, it's as Megan would say. It's, it's, a movie for, it's a movie for bad bitches. So, you know, um, I, I appreciate that, but now I definitely see now where Holly Berry and Warner Brothers and HBO Max stand, and it's not good. Not a good place. I'll tell you how they're doing. Not well, bitch. <laughs> when <laughs> any final thoughts on this movie? Ooh, uh, don't watch it. I mean, as I mean, that's my advice. It's it's not really a, a movie you need to watch. But if you do watch it, then fine. I mean, message me something nasty about it on Twitter or, Facebook or Instagram. I don't care. But I would just say my final thought was it wasn't a waste of time for me, but it will be for you. <laughs> Did Donnie watch it with you? Was Donnie around to see it? Donnie came in in select scenes where I had him look because mm. I needed somebody else to witness yes. what was going on. But for the most part, it was just me and my cat, like really just exchanging apathy. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, so in conclusion, do not watch this movie. Uh, Quinn, where can we find you? Oh, God. Oh, not watching this movie. No, um, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter or Instagram at the Quinn Lamar. Same name. One N and Q. I mean, in Quinn. Here we go. And I also heard that one of your uh, subsidiaries has a Patreon. Can you tell us about that? Oh yeah, that's true. Um, know that, know that, which is a Real Housewives podcast. Um, we've been this. We just hit like our second season or our second year. It's been really cool, and we do have a Patreon. Um, know that Patreon. I, I don't know exactly. Anthony usually does that. We'll so put it in the really link. Yeah, 
we'll put it in the link. <laughs> and we can also buy you a coffee. Is that true as well? Yeah, I, I don't know if we still do that. I don't really know. I I don't well, still do it for. Uh, this is gonna be good because I. But this is gonna be good. Yes, really you good. can buy me a coffee. That's you know I know that. backslash gonna be good. If you want to like donate to that, it's a good political show. We yes talk about a lot of things. We swap a lot of stories. We're two comedians. We're friends. She's like a boomer. She's a white woman from the south. I am me. So we kind of like talk through things, and it's a it's a good time. I believe <clears throat> it is. Yeah. So, guys, um, once you've uh, you know uh, left your confessionals and left uh, the mailbox, even kicking after listening to this review of this movie, and if you watch this movie, God help you. Please make sure to go have have some fun and go listen to No Bat, subscribe to No Bat, listen to this is going to be good. Join their Patreon, and maybe that'll turn your day around. I'm sorry I've ruined your day. Thank you, Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, so you guys know I have lived and gone through and experienced many, many errors in my life. Well, here's a new one that I'm so excited about. So, as you know, I'm very much so a man on the go, a man about town. And I'm sure you're wondering, how do I do it? How do I keep up? How do I stay awake? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. And that secret is Proteus Bruce. Yeah, Proteus Bruce. So it is the cutest, chicest little coffee shop that I have found at the Proteus Bicycles Bike Shop. So yes, bikes and coffee, you can't get any chicer than that, right? But no, Proteus Brews is located inside the Proteus Bicycles Bike Shop. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, and you can get handcrafted lattes, espresso drinks, hot chocolate, iced tea, coffee, you name it. All made by hand, all made to order. And you can even get fresh pastries from local bakeries. I mean, Proteus Bruce is just truly the chicest coffee shop around. And it helps keep me going Monday through Friday, seven days a week, around the clock, from the back in the middle to around again. Proteus Bruce is my friend. So, hey, come visit. Come visit.